Please, let me take a moment of your time to recommend to you David Copperfield by Charles Dickens. You've most probably already heard about it, if not seen an adaptation for the screen of it, and the name Charles Dickens cannot have eluded you. But perhaps you're one of those who haven't ever found the time to actually read this tome, because the book is thick as a brick. Perhaps you've skimmed through a few pages and been put off by the old-fashioned prose and complicated sentence structure, or you've just never been interested in old books for whatever reason. If that's the case, be so kind as to lend me your ear long enough for me to convince you that David Copperfield is well worth the read, in spite of all your doubts. Because you're really missing out on a book brimful of fun. First of all, it is a coming-of-age story. Why would this make me more inclined to read the book, you ask? Well, there's just something about coming-of-age stories that I, at least, find a great delight in. Usually, you get to accompany a character from his or her infancy to adulthood, or even to death. And this enables you to get to actually get a sense of the character, get to know him or her. You really become well acquainted with the protagonist in coming-of-age stories. And David Copperfield is no different. The book begins with a relation of some circumstances surrounding David's birth, whereof it goes on to for about the first fourth of the book or so. We recount his childhood years. The very first of those years are happy ones, and David is cared for by her infant by his infantile mother, Clara Copperfield, and their housekeeper, Peggy. And it is a cozy environment in which David is nurtured. But all the same, there's a sense of melancholy overshadowing it all. David's father died before he was born, and his grave lies on the house's grounds. Apart from which, the first pages are heralding something. Something terrible. And yes, before long, Clara marries the terrible Mr. Murdstone, who moves in with them, bringing with him his sister, Jane. The marriage takes place when David is visiting Peggy's family by the coast at Yarmouth, and the happy soldier there is starkly juxtaposed with the situation into which David is thrown afterwards. The merged stones are quick to impose upon David and his mother their yoke, and little by little they whittle away at Clara, treating her as though she were a child, reducing her to a a trained dog, if you will, only capable of barking, yes. And they undertake David's education, too, overseeing his study coolly and sternly, making him afraid of being wrong. He becomes timid and withdrawn, no longer the same happy boy. But when Mr. Murdstone brings him upstairs to beat him, he bites him and is as a consequence sent off to Salem House, where he is to be educated henceforward. But his mother dies, as well as the infant she's birthed, Mr. Murdstone. Shortly afterwards, he is sent home again. He is neglected by his stepfather, and before long, he is sent off to work at his wine-bottling business, at only the age of ten. But he runs away and seeks out his great-aunt's house. Now why am I telling you all this? I tell you this because these early circumstances of David's life and the way they are related really bring out what I like the most about coming-of-age stories. David's first years 
on this earth are rife with misfortunes and tragedies, which really makes you and I, the readers, feel for him. You really come to root for him, and when he turns his fortunes around later on in the novel, you cheer him on. David, as he is at the end of the novel, an accomplished writer, is so different from how he is in the early stages of the story. You can't help but to feel that he has earned it all, because you've been with him during his journey. Secondly, the novel is just brimming with interesting and relatable characters, as well as contemptible ones. Betsy Trotwood, for one, David's paternal great-aunt, who first makes her appearance in the very first chapter of the novel, before David is born, but who with all haste abandons Claire when it turns out that she births a boy and not a girl, or the eccentric and long-winded Mr. Micawber, the debtor under whose roof David takes up lodging when working at the wine-bottling business, or little Emily, David's first crush, who runs away with the pompous yet charismatic James Steerforth, a childhood friend of David from Salem House, or Uriah Heep, the story's villain who takes advantage of Mr. Wickfield's, Betsy's lawyer's alcoholism, to defraud him, or Dorand Agnes, the former childish woman who David fanc fancies from the get-go and eventually marries, the latter David's close friend and guardian angel, as he calls her, who he marries after his first wife's death. All these characters come to life through Dickens' wonderful storytelling. But it is Betsy Trotwood I'm going to focus on, for she is really what make, made me really like David Copperfield. Now, Betsy Trotwood, as said, appears in the very first chapter, entering David's childhood home as a storm rages outside. She barks, commands, and frightens the family doctor, a sensitive little man. Betsy is quick to take the reins of the household, so to speak, and makes many a demand, one being that the child must be named after herself. She inspires not the reader with anything in the way of sympathy, and my initial opinion of, opinion of her, a rather negative one, is only strengthened when she quits Clara in her hour of need. Clara is not a rich woman, and now she has to take care of her infant son only with the help of Peggy. This eventually leads to Clara's having to remarry, but almost immediately, immediately upon Betsy's reintroduction into the story, you come to like her quite a bit, actually. At least I did. When David seeks her out after having run away from the wine-bottling business, you don't know how Betsy is disposed toward him. She abandoned his mother only because David was born a boy and not a girl. Will she protect him from the murderstones or give him, that is David, up? You fi find out the answer in my favorite happening in all the novel, when Betsy confers with the murderstones as to David's future. A meeting about which I read with the greatest delight. Betsy pitched against the murderstones, Edward and his sister Jane. It's a fictional happening hard to trump. She, Betsy, is not very cordial with the Murdstones, and to their great consternation and David's great delight, Betsy resolves to undertake David's upbringing. You really come to like Betsy and her eccentricities from this point onward. 
her interminable feud with the donkey riders trampling the ground outside her home, her affection for the simple-minded yet wise Mr. Dick, her love toward David. She sends him off to be educated at Dr. Strong's, doling out quite a lot of a lot of money in order for David to receive the best education possible and the best line of work thereafter. And you really come to sympathize with her when you come to learn that she is, in fact, married to a great drunkard of a man who now and then comes begging for money. At which point you come to understand that perhaps she had reasons for not liking men all that much, that she didn't want to partake in the upbringing of a boy. Yet she does so anyways, holding David in great affection and overseeing his welfare like the best of mothers. She becomes a mother figure to David. This character really showcases Dickens' writing abilities. At first he prejudices us against Betsy, but then brings her alive and makes her worthy of sympathy and empathy. And you really, really come to see her from a different perspective as she raises David as her own and sees to it that Mr. Dick, her simple-minded ward, if you will, is having it well. He'd be locked up in an insane asylum if it weren't for her, something which immeasurably heightens your respect for her. The last and final reason why David Copperfield is well worth the read is that you get to maneuver 19th century England, familiarize yourself with the culture and societal norms of the time, See the world from the perspective of a man growing up in, in a time quite different from our own. Yet you can still relate with the characters, which goes to show how well David Copperfield has stood the test of time. Some signs of society, how society looked like at the time, are to be found throughout the novel, such as child labor and woman's dependence upon man. David is sent off to work at only the age of 10, Yet this is not portrayed as a positive thing. During the course of his life, Charles Dickens spoke out against child labor, criticizing him works such as Oliver Twist and A Christmas Carol. This goes to show that Dickens' views, at least in this regard, are in more accordance with those of modern-day people than those of 19th century England, though many doubtless shared his views at the time. And as to woman's dependence on man, Clara had to remarry quickly in order to provide for David. And this was doubtless something which many women were compelled to do in those days, lest they should become destitute. Getting in the mindset of these 19th century characters is something that makes you more agreeably disposed toward our own day and age. It also makes you more well-versed in modern history and in doing so provides you with a better understanding of where we are at now and why. Thank you for listening in to my podcast, and I do sincerely hope that I've managed to convince you to give David Copperfield a try.